How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to the Fantasy Unleashed podcast. Josh Selway talking to you guys. If you haven't yet, subscribe, do all that crap. I want to talk about the Browns, okay? I just got to get this off real quick. I wrote about it over at the Fantasy Unleashed newsletter. You can subscribe to that over on fantasyunleashed.com if you want. Listen, fourth and nine for the Browns. Fourth quarter, four minutes to go, however much time was left around there. They're on what? They're on 35. You're down by five against the defending world champions. So that means even if they get a field goal, it's a one-score game. I thought when that they didn't convert on third down, I said, okay, they're going to go for it here. They send the punt team out, and I have people telling me, no, you can't go for it here. You can't go for it here. And it just blows my mind that people still haven't figured this out yet. We're coming off a weekend where you saw the Steelers and the Titans make more make bad choices that were more blatant than this by punting away the football when they were losing and not just going for it. But to me, this one wasn't far from that. Because as soon as they punted the ball away, I said, okay, the game's over. They're not going to get the ball back. They just punted the ball to Andy Reid. They didn't even have all three timeouts. I said, the game is over. The Chiefs were having success running. They weren't going to stop them, in my mind. And the thing is, think about that play. It's nine yards. It's nine yards. Like, in the modern NFL, you, you don't think you can get nine yards? Like, oh, well, maybe... Maybe if it was fourth and four, fourth and five, then we would have thought about it. That's like Stefanski said after the game, that was just too long. That was too long. Nine yards. No, we just needed to feel a little more comfortable. Instead, we just wanted to punt the ball away. So that's what you did. You used your last play of the season. Your last play of the season was just kicking the ball away to the other team. Who knows if we they could have gotten that nine yards. We'll never know now. Never know. Just kicked it away, and who wins? The team that's more aggressive at the end. Chiefs, no doubt they are going for it. What? They're going to go win the game. If you want big things in life, and people still haven't figured this out, fans in sports haven't figured out that teams need to be more aggressive, and people in life haven't figured it out. If you want to win at stuff, if you want to achieve great things, big things, you're probably going to be a little uncomfortable when you make your decisions. You can't just feel safe and comfy all the time and think, oh, well, if it's, you know, if this feels a little weird, we can't do it. This isn't, this is, goes against what people normally do. Can't do that. Well, then you're not going to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in the fourth quarter. You don't deserve it. I mean, it's not that hard of a decision to me. But again, the people fall victim to the group think and history and what people normally do. And look what happens. You lose. So they took the ball, punted it away. And get, that was the last play of the season. Obviously, a lot more happened in that game. But if you're someone who still hasn't figured this out, that they should have went for it there, and you think that that was the right decision, I'll happily play some poker with you. I'll happily play any type of game that involves strategy and risk. Because that's just not how you win. Maybe if you're the favorite and you're playing an inferior opponent, maybe you can get away with it. But not the Chiefs. Not an Arrowhead. And not when you already messed up like the Browns did throughout that game. So I was disappointed. I think Stefanski's still pretty sharp, but he wasn't there. He made the wrong decision. If he keeps defending it, he's just going to seem foolish. Fourth and nine, that's just a little too far. Just a little too... Maybe if it was fourth and six, those three yards... You know, I mean, seriously. Like, the Chiefs threw for it on fourth and inches to end the game. You can't... So what's the... Like, you can't run a pass play two and throw it eight more yards... I don't know if Baker Mayfield has some injury I don't know about. I don't know, guys. You got to be aggressive in life. You got to be aggressive to win. 
you got to feel a little uncomfortable and make those decisions that are just a, feel a little too aggressive if you want to achieve something great. That's the, that's the end of the story. That's the life lesson from the Cleveland Browns. And it was disappointing to see them just punt the ball away and end the season like that. So anyways, let's move right into DraftKings, shall we? Because that was a lot more fun, Spe- speaking of taking chances. So let's just go over this slate real quick, and I'll just go through it from my perspective and what I did. Basically, I was in a $100 tourney with 1,100 people. That was my big tourney. And my lineup for that, I was going full Pat Mahomes this weekend. And the big question for me, I was going to have plenty of Pat Mahomes and then plug in Kelsey. If I didn't have Kelsey in my lineups, it just felt wrong. The Browns were getting obliterated by tight ends all season. Kelsey is amazing. I thought that game, well, everyone thought they had the highest over-under. It just made all the sense in the world. And the way that the Browns were likely to defend the Chiefs, they were probably going to take away the plays downfield, make him hold the ball, or get rid of it really quick. So Kelsey has a big game. So the lineup for this, and what I was thinking, is go with a pretty heavy game stack. So Mahomes and Kelsey were just locks for me. They were in there. The other position that I locked on this slate, I played, I don't know how many lineups, 20-some lineups. I played Buffalo defense in about 16 of those, I think. And Buffalo's defense, what I loved about the Buffalo defense, one, they were home favorites. They were home favorites, and I loved Buffalo in that game. Two, the Ravens on the other side were projected to be the highest-owned defense on this slate. Three, Buffalo was cheap, and they're going to be low-owned. And if I thought they could go ahead in this game, they were probably going to be pass-heavy since they were down a running back. Then you're looking at Lamar Jackson throwing a lot and likely making mistakes in that scenario. So you're getting just leverage and a potentially good Game environment, it just made all the sense in the world to me. So that's where I took my shot on the Bills. And on Saturday, obviously, they go off. It got a little lucky because it was a, what, 90-yard interception return for a touchdown. But they got there. And it was more important, the thinking that got me there. Again, you're looking at a slate where the team they're facing, highest owned defense, no other defenses really stand out. And you're saving $1,000 off the top defense like the Packers. So I love the Bills. They paid out very nicely. I didn't have much exposure to the Saturday games, but I had the Bills everywhere. And the other Saturday exposure I had was on the cheap receivers. So I was trying to figure out the cheap receivers I wanted. I kept going to Josh, to Reynolds after Coop was uh, Cooper Cup was announced out of the game. And right as I'm setting my lineups trying to figure this out, I get a random text from one of my friends who never texts me like his fantasy plays he goes van jefferson today it's my call of the day so i said okay i'm gonna plug van jefferson and you know right after i'm getting done scorching the browns for not being aggressive and taking chances i take out jefferson and i play reynolds instead in my hundred dollar lineup here but reynolds was fine at 3.2k he wasn't van jefferson i played jefferson a couple other places so that played out played out okay so my question after that so heading into Sunday in this $100, 1,000-man basically tournament, I have the Bills, and then I have Reynolds and Aaron Jones. To me, Aaron Jones was one of my favorite plays on this slate. You get off Cam Akers for the six-point home favorite, and luckily Aaron Jones broke off some big plays and then found the end zone because he still only had 18 points. So Cam Akers ended up being a better play. He was $1,000 cheaper, but Aaron Jones was fine. So then... The 2v2 I was thinking about on this slate and this lineup in particular coming into Sunday was Kareem Hunt and Michael Thomas 
or Austin Hooper and Alvin Kamara. Now, Kamara, no Latavius Murray. I know the matchup wasn't great against Tampa, but goodness, I mean, he's going to get 20-plus touches. But I couldn't get away from the upside of Kareem Hunt and Michael Thomas versus the upside of Kamara, which obviously had probably the biggest upside of the, of the entire slate. Didn't get there, but in other game environments he could have, versus Hooper, who the more I looked at Hooper, and especially after those cheap receivers went off, I said, I, Hooper's value to me, it doesn't look as good now. I want Michael Thomas. So I went Michael Thomas, Kareem Hunt. Obviously, Michael Thomas, zero. I don't know what's going on. There was, I don't know how many, I haven't looked at the snap counts yet, but Michael Thomas was not out there a lot. They ran uh, two tight ends, it seemed like, a lot more. Some strange packages from the Saints. So he gets a zero. So my final lineup for this $100 tourney was Pat Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, Jarvis Landry, Meikle Hardman, Josh Reynolds, Travis Kelsey, Michael Thomas, and the Bills D. And that was good enough to get 110th place and double my money. First place, to give some perspective, Aaron Rodgers, Devin Singletary, Cam Akers, Higgins, Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Travis Kelsey, Jarvis Landry, Bills D. So the Bills D really were the ones that broke the slate. And they were the ones that helped me cash in my other leagues as well. But the last thing I think I want to break down here, because I said Miko Hardman, and the decision was Demarcus Robinson or Miko Hardman. And I guess this was a good a good example of taking a risk when there really wasn't too much to go off of. Because everyone was projecting Demarcus Robinson to come in and play more and be the direct backup to Sammy Watkins, who was out. However, when I was talking this over with the Beaver, I said, I can just see with the Chiefs down a running back, them using Hardman as an extension of the run game. Jet sweeps, short throws to the outside, and it's the playoff time. Yes, Robinson gets more snaps and stuff throughout the season, but they're going to want their playmakers in the games, in the playoffs. I think that gave Hardman the advantage, and that's why I went with Hardman over Robinson. We talked about it for a long time. That was a decision we made for those reasons, and it paid off. So that's how we were thinking that through, and just you got to think some of these decisions through. And that time it paid off nicely. Hardman made a couple big plays. I mean, he only scored 10 points. So it's not like we needed him. Obviously, he was the same price as Alan Lazard. So it would have been better to have Lazard, who almost scored twice as much the day before. But at least the thinking for Robinson versus Hardman was there. And we made the right decision with that. So a pretty good weekend on DraftKings. Wanted to just give a quick look at the big $3 tournament and the winning lineup over there. 184 points. We had Mahomes, Aaron Jones, Fournette. Disgusting. It's disgusting when Fournette does well. I don't know why it angers me so much. But Fournette with twenty, almost 22 points. Traquan Smith in this lineup. Tyreek Hill, Alan Lazard, Kelsey, Robert Tanyan, Bills D. So that was uh, the uh, winning lineup in the $3 big tourney over on DraftKings. And what's interesting is I'm pretty sure the last play of the game is what won this kid $100,000. When Leonard Fournette ran for like five yards, because this he won by six-tenths of a point, 184.5 to 184.44. So zero, so point zero six of a point. Listen, guys, I don't fucking know math, okay? But I'm pretty sure that last run won this kid $100,000. Either way, congrats to you, Tatum Totter, a great 
Great performance. Wins you $100,000 on the last big slate of the season on DraftKings. Uh, and overall, you know, just a tough slate. No one scored more than 30 points. Leonard Fournette was the highest scoring running back and the only one to score over 20 points. And if you didn't have the Bills D, it was hard because they doubled up every other defense and they were one of the cheapest. So congrats to anyone who was able to cash on this slate. If you didn't play Travis Kelsey, go have your brain examined. Very poor decision. Uh, but otherwise, the, that was the only easy decision on the slate, really. I mean, I guess if you didn't go Mahomes, because he would have easily surpassed Rodgers as well as the top quarterback. But uh, everywhere else, pretty tough slate. I was happy to cash on this one. And that's just how it all unfolded. Van Jefferson should have played him more. So that's it for this breakdown. We'll have more coming out later in the week. Remember to be aggressive or your life will suck forever. That's all, folks. Talk to you all soon.